Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. It's Miguel Fuller. Holly O'Connor. And Scotty the Body. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only on Hot 101.5. Hello and welcome. We are getting down to the very end of the year. Yeah. Miguel and Holly Uncensored. My name is Miguel Fuller. That's Holly O'Connor. Oh, hi. Scotty the body. Hey. We're all here, and we are about to just, like, careen into uh, Christmas. As it always goes at this time of year. Like, I always forget, because I remember the October slam. Right. October's super busy until you get to Halloween, and then you kind of oh get a break. Oh, gosh, yes. But I always forget that there is this, like, second oh. wave of just madness mm. trying to get everything taken care of in December before, you know, holidays start. Like, I was thinking to put on my calendar, like, on my phone, like, after Labor Day weekend next year to be like, start getting holiday stuff together. <laughs> start now. Because, like, I feel like that's when there's not nothing, like, nothing after Labor Day. Yeah. It's like there's nothing going on. But I'm like, next year, and will I do any of this? No. Probably No, not. absolutely not. But in a perfect world, I'd like to get my Halloween decorations together, start just thinking about what people are going to get for Christmas, because... We'll probably resume getting gifts for people next year after the wedding. Oh, I was going to say, you're not getting anybody gifts this year? No. Like we we literally sat down and we were like, all right, what can we afford? Because we have some other stuff happening that uh, we will be able to talk about very soon um, that we have to pay for, too. Yeah. So our budget is screaming right now. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah. if we get this person, then we got to get that person. I'm like. You know what? They're going to get a lot of great stuff January 22nd at the current hotel. Yum. That's valid, though. Like, that's, a, I think that makes sense. Right. To set that limit for yourself and not feel guilty for not getting something. I literally was joking with my girlfriend yesterday. And as we're like sitting there, we're getting like petties. I was like, you know, we, I thought about an article that Holly read during the show of like, you know, how to make sure your relationship lasts through the holidays. Yeah. And one of the things is like, set a budget with your partner. Right. And I literally looked at her, I was like, we should set a budget. Cause I just noticed, I was like, I already have a bunch of little things for her, but I also, you know, yesterday I just booked a couple flights to like fly to Maryland to see her. Mm. And then I'm flying to North Carolina. And then I'm flying back down to Florida. And it's all adding up Woo! very you quickly. I had to just jump up in. And down the East Coast. Oof, oh, those yeah. Lights. Are they any of them over $200? All of them are over $200. Ooh. Every single one of them. Yeah. Ouch, ouch, ouch. And I just, I couldn't let myself think too much about it or else I wouldn't have gone. The only other option was to drive and like timeline-wise, it wouldn't no. have worked. No, no. That's a, what, 15-hour drive? If I was to go to, at least, right to Maryland, yeah, it would have been, yeah, 16 we're, we're looking at. So, Ugh. did all that, but that's what I said. I was like, we should probably set a budget. Then she's like, well, I already spent this much. And I was like, oh, okay, well, there's our budget. <laughs> Keep but, it there. Uh, is there a... I feel like you get to a certain point, You do you have to put, like, a huge, like, do you, do you have to spend the same thing? No, I don't think we do. And I, the cool thing is I really, like, do not feel any pressure from her to get anything just crazy. Yeah. It's a new, you always hear from your partner of, like, no, I don't need anything. It's like, I actually genuinely feel that, but I, I, I want to give something that I think well, that's going to yeah. help both of us. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be, I don't like really getting item gifts anymore. I like experiences or something that's going to help you in your life. Oh, well, yeah. That's you, the kind of gifts I want to go after. So I'm not going to do, I don't know, maybe, if she's probably going to listen to this, but not like any jewelry or anything like that because it's just that it comes and goes. But I think there's something that we could do in this next year that I could put money toward. Mm -hmm. That'd be a lot more fun and a lot more of a memory down the line. Mm. Yeah, 
I, th- I love that. And I don't think you have to match like dollar for dollar. Like, no. you know what your partner likes and you kind of go in that vein. Um, and like like you said with like the jewelry thing, you don't have to get, that's not like an every year thing. Maybe <laughs> once in a great while, it'd be nice to get a piece of jewelry. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's not something that I would expect. Yeah. So, like seriously. You know, I so I, I think as long as you know your partner, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think for Abe and I, we've gotten to the point now where depending upon what that person has said they want, then it could be something a little smaller than that. Like one year, it was like all these little, it was like a electric wine oper, opener. Oh. And it was like, I really wanted um, the little automatic salt and pepper shaker thing for <laughs> yes. when I'm cooking. Yes. Yeah. Just because it got to the point when I, I needed to use cracked black pepper and I'd just be there like, crunk, 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 crunk. <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck this thing. <laughs> and so he got me one for Christmas and I was like so excited for it. Yeah. But then like the next year it was uh, AirPods and um, a new Apple Watch, you mm. know, because all of my stuff was starting to like die out and I was like, I don't want to spend the money yet. Yeah. And so it just, depending upon what it is oh. that year is if there's like a great need, all right, let's get that. If it's not, mm-hmm. then there's no pressure. Yeah. Yes. I'm here for that. I love that sort of gift giving because I don't like the pressure of like, because I feel like I'm really great at helping people come up with gifts for their loved ones or their significant others. But when it comes to my, like for Abe, I'm like, girl, I don't know. He likes to go motorcycles and it's tricky skydiving and he likes like crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, last year and he said the entire year. So I got my person just what he wanted. Mm. Like I just I was a good listener and, right. or like I was a good observer. And mm-hmm. so- like there was, and like this was last year, so I got him a new um, Fitbit because mm. his old one was like falling apart, right. and that was a birthday gift. So his birthday is real near Christmas, and then for Christmas I got like I knew he had mentioned like this new video game and that new video game, and then like I knew that you know he's sleep is super important for him. Like, well, it is for everybody. Yeah, but whatever. So he would always have trouble because there was too much light in the room. I got him two different like sleep masks. Which he still uses to this day. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, like, I got him, like, a—it was, like, super kind of cheap and random, like, a cheese and sausage board from Target. Ooh. Ah, And we ended up eating that on, like, New Year's Eve or whatever. So, like, I scored, like, 10 out of 10 only because I was, like, I'm sticking with what this man likes and— and he's already said, I want this and this, and I got that and this. I don't know if he forgot he said it, but he loved every single thing. Because mm. I just, you just listen. Absolutely. I feel it's like. It's hard, to, though, sometimes to, like, I'll hear something, and if I don't write it down right away, I'll right. forget. I literally have a list on my phone now mm. of all the things that, like, casually, like, mention it here and there. Yes. I'm like, remember this. This yeah. is, right. like, it's a little silly, but it's like, wait, you actually said you want that. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll get. That makes sense. I feel like you have to take that energy that you have at the beginning of the relationship, you know, when you're, like, hanging on there every single word, and you're (laughs) like, oh, my God, I want to get you this and this and this because you're so excited. And then, like, you know, some years later, you may not listen that intently all the time, but if you keep that energy and just be aware, Mm -hmm. because Abe very rarely says that he wants something, and so now when I hear those words, I'm always like, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. Type, 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 type. Deliver. Got it saved. All right, here we go. So we're ready to go. I did want to bring something up that Abe and I had a really interesting conversation last night after we watched the King Richard movie with Will Smith. Okay. And it is about Venus and Serena Williams, the tennis stars. And there's a lot of this story I didn't know until watching this. Yeah. It's a really good movie. 
And I think it'll be a really good like holiday movie to watch because it's like one of those sports stories, very inspirational, oh, the humble yeah. beginnings and the work ethic. But one of the things that you discover in this, if you're not super familiar with Venus and Serena Williams' story, is that their dad, Richard Williams, before they were even born, he had written out this like 70-page plan for the both of them to be these tennis stars. What? Yes, he had this whole plan about their training, um, estimated earnings, like all these things. And as soon as they were born, it was like tennis, 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 tennis. Now, hold on. Let me tell you the story first. Let me tell you the story. So they were uh, in Compton, California, in the ghetto, or like um, Will Smith's uh, playing Richard Williams, his uh, uh, accent. He's like, we're from the ghetto. (laughs) Every time he said it, it made me giggle. The way he was like, in the ghetto. Um, By the way, Will Smith, like, he may win an award for this because he, you did not... I feel like Will Smith is in this era of acting where you don't see Will Smith. You see the character. That's a oh, good that's cool. actor. It's really cool. Um, so they had this plan, and they executed the plan when uh, the girls were able to, like, walk, basically. They put a tennis racket in their hands, and they practice, and they practice, and they practice. And they – but at the same time, one of the cool parts about it is when they got to, like, the early teen years – he didn't put them in like the whatever I think. Oh, the junior tennis before you go pro. It's like junior tennis. He didn't let them go through that because he didn't want that pressure on them that they had to compete at that level. Because at that time in the early 90s, there were a lot of like young like Andre Agassi and stuff like oh, that yeah. who had been coming up and coming up. And then by the time they got to their like early 20s, they were burned out. Oh. And then they'd be like partying and like just not doing well. Mm-hmm. And so he was like he for four or five years, you're focusing like you're practicing, but you're not competing. You are going school, church, movies, like you're doing stuff about yourself. And then when you get ready, then you go pro. That sounds so like not so what Tiger Woods' dad did. Right, where he was like, you are a robot. Yeah, he's like, you're a robot that golfs. Right, Sorry. that was it. Um, And so the story ends kind of like early in their career. And then they sort of, you know, at the end, they roll the credits and they give you like a little, here's what happened since then. But one of the things that Abe and I talked about after watching it was, do you think that they... If their dad and mom had not, I mean, forced tennis, you can say they introduced, but depending on how you look at it, but they forced them, basically. Yes. Would they have enjoyed tennis as much? Like, would they have chosen that? Because that was the plan from, you know, before they were even born, they had this plan written out. Would they have enjoyed it? And how much of that is fate and how much of that is learned when it comes to enjoying what it is that you enjoy because him and I talked about how like I as a little kid loved entertaining and so my mom could see early on even though she didn't recognize it that like I love to be funny and like make people laugh and be a ham whereas Abe when I put the book together for him when he was turning 30 and most of the stories were about how Abe as a little kid loved to take things apart and see how they worked and he had this natural inclination of building things and understanding how things work. Mm -hmm. And so how much of that is just like innately born in you that's fate and how much of it is nurture? And like at what point 
should they have just been like, all right, well, you get to choose if you want to do tennis or not. Right. You know? Did they ever get to choose? Um, I mean, because it's a movie. Like, they didn't make it seem like they did. But it doesn't sound like they would have ever had the chance to choose. Like, no matter what, at that point, and this is where I, I could kind of jump into it, but, like, they never would have not picked tennis because all they knew was tennis. Right. It's right. almost like if you live in, like, a little separate society and all he knows is one way, that was their love. It's because literally before they could think for themselves, they had a tennis racket in your hand, like you just said. And so I think the way they are as athletes, I think they would have eventually landed in some kind of athletic field mm. because they are, like, if you're not good at athletics, even if you put a tennis racket in their hand, they're not going to be the best. But because they have that athletic build, that athletic strength, speed, all of that goes into making them the best in what they do, right. as well as all the practice. Like, that's the best of both worlds. Yeah. I don't think they would have gone into tennis. I don't think that, that's, it's just, it would have been very rare. Let's say if you just never gave them any opportunity, like never force it upon them. If you didn't craft their reality around with, with tennis. tennis. Yeah, I don't mm. think they would have picked, I think. How, if they, how would they know? They, yeah, exactly. I don't think they would have known, like, this is my thing. I think maybe in high school, maybe they would have done, you know, another sport. I don't know, something around that realm because they have that skill, but I don't think they would have gone the route of tennis. Mm. I don't think that would be the way of their life. Right. Because, again, like you just said with Tiger Woods and everything, like these specimens that are just the best in the world, like they're brainwashed at an early age. Right. Which is, oh, it just it feels weird, and it's almost like, is that right? Is it not, is it not okay? Right. I don't know, but it's also at the same time that's how her – their father created what, the best in the world. Yeah, like her father, their father, sorry, decided something, decided how his kids were going to be, and then made that happen. It's kind of like, think about Prince William and Prince Harry. Like, they didn't get a choice to be born into the royal family, mm -hmm. but that's how they have to have grown up. Mm. So Venus and Serena didn't get a choice to be born into the this family that was going to craft them into these tennis players. My biggest question is, um, what if they weren't athletic? Right. What yeah. would have happened right. if they didn't have Man. a mm -hmm. a a physical edge to make them great? Right. Like you can't you can't you can plan for a lot of stuff when you're yeah. about to have a kid, and maybe and I haven't seen it, and I don't know any of this, so I'm going in blind. So excuse right. me. Like. Richard, their father, and their mother, maybe they're very athletic individuals themselves. I assume. So you assume that you're you're both athletic. You come maybe from athletic families. You can probably guarantee that your child is going to be physically strong. Or, you know, um, can you can get them there. Yeah, they're but, coordinated in that But, world. like, you're rolling the dice because... You got the Punnett Square, like maybe her, maybe Venus's genes came from some like you know uh, lesser gene, like a uh, what's it called? Not the dominant, the passive passive gene from someone way back, and was like a very slight build, mm. very delicate, very non-athletic. Right. Like how, that's what like kind of blows my mind about this right. because he said you said they set it into motion before they were even born. Yeah. What if they just didn't? Right. But they did, so right. I guess that's out. Gambled right, yeah. Right. Um, and so then Scott's absolutely right. You, That's what you put around your kid, so that's what they're going to care about. Like, kids don't have a choice, really, when they're small. Like, especially even now when my daughter's eight. Like, if I want to put her thinking into a certain way, she's going to emulate what I do because kids always look to their parents for what's right, what's important, 
and you as the parent are modeling what's important and what's you know uh the focus of your family and then you go see the world that way right so i of course they grew up loving tennis because he probably made it a very enjoyable thing and then as they got better at it you love stuff that you're good at so he made sure that they were good at it because you love it when you're good at it and so he literally crafted their lives does it go into anything in the documentary about like their feelings on the documentary or their feelings about how well, they it's were not a, it's a it's uh not a documentary it's a movie the but, movie yes i mean but, not really because they yeah. just focus on the struggles that they went through to like get to where they are to like right. start their career <sighs> i know there is another documentary that i actually wanted to watch um, that popped up on HBO Max after we watched it called like Being Serena or something like that. Yeah. That I did want to maybe watch at some point over the Christmas break. Um, yeah. Because I am curious about that. Because. On, did they at one point be like, well, bleep this? Because I was thinking like if I were born into that family, you know, in the 80s when I have. Let's say it was you. Zero interest in sports. And I never like the closest I came to was in middle school. I was I was really fast when we lived in Denver. Um because I have, like, very, like, big legs. And so mm-hmm. they would just, boop, boop, they would carry, carry me along. Yeah. Um, and, like, I wanted to do track for a little bit. But then we moved to Atlanta, and we had, like, no money to do anything like that. And so I always wondered if I we would have stayed in Denver, what I would have continued on that route. But I can't see myself and how I love reading and the arts and mm-hmm. Theater and politics and, you know, like when I was in middle school, I was reading Time magazine. Like I didn't know what any of that stuff meant back in the 90s with politics, but I was interested in that. And so I'm like, I don't know. Like he probably would have just been like, you can't be in the family anymore. You got to get out. because That's the thing. Like how do you account for that? And it's like that, that brings up huge points about like, okay, free will. But then also – you didn't really have a lot of free will as a kid, so you were in tennis. That's all you're in. That's all you're exposed to. Like what Scott goes back, go back to what Scott was saying. So then let's say even after a while in your teen years, you're like, I'm not really feeling this. Did they have the option to be like, I kind of want to go do something totally different? Mm. Or was dad like, nope? Gosh, but I bet they didn't even get to that far in thinking because, again, it was literally their entire life. Like this is just what we do. This is true. And that's like yeah. so subconscious that it's like, wait, I'm good at it. This is my path. I'm so good now. Why would I give it up? Yeah. Why would I stop? Like, I literally have a clear path to success if yeah. I just keep going about this. Yes. Right. And I think one of the things that brought this on is that um, Abe has always wondered, especially since we've been together and we talk a lot about our backgrounds and, you know, how that was one of the things that attracted me to him is. I felt like he was my equal when it came to, like, work and our work ethic. Oh, my gosh, yes. And Abe is a worker. He will work. He will work. He will work. And he's always been that way. But when he was, like, coming out of high school, um, he suffered some trauma in his life and in his family that sort of, like, set him back a little bit in his 20s. And he sort of was just dealing with it in other ways, not healthy ways. Yeah. And it sort of set him back a little bit. And then he found his business partner and then they started working together. And then, you know, he kind of got himself together. But he was saying that he wonders if his parents would have bared down on him a little bit more Mm -hmm. when he was coming up. Would he have maybe finished college and maybe got gone to like a trade school? Um, because he said that like his parents were sort of different with because e- they had four kids mm-hmm. that they were sort of different with each kid 
And so he was like the middle kid, basically. Yeah. And so he has a younger brother that has this like crazy um, engineering job, like audio engineering. Yeah. Where like if you are a hotel or a company and you want to make sure that the acoustics in your bar and your lobby and stuff, they're the company that like come in and like make sure the acoustics are right. That's, that's so, so cool. cool. Like it's like he was. That's why he's been here a couple of times this year because there was one of the businesses here, um, one of the banking centers hired his company firm from New York to come down and do that. Yeah. But his family, um, and I don't know the whole story, but they sort of like made sure that the baby uh, was like, you got to go to college. You got to like, he plays the bass, you know, and Abe is like, I wonder if they would have been a little stricter with me. Would my sort of, would I have loved school a little bit more? Yeah. Would I have? And I'm like, I don't think so because just knowing you, I feel like you would have rebelled. But if you would have had the option of, like, maybe going to a trade school, because both of his parents work in higher education. And so they were probably, like, that's what they knew. Yes. And especially back then in the early 2000s and the late 90s, like, I don't think that there was – there wasn't an importance put on trade schools like there well, are now. At that at that era, it was you just go to college. Right, college, that's what that's you do. It. Whatever everybody you can, does. However, you can do it. Right, and so he was just wondering, like, but then he was like, how how someone like you who did not have any examples of college be so like that was just what I was gonna do. Like I always knew what I was gonna do. I was gonna go to college, and around me and my family and where I lived, like that was not. People never, I always say there was a difference where I lived and where I went to church and my family. When you were in high school, the question was, what are you doing after high school? Yeah. So whereas that's that, where you got that from. Right. Whereas in my co- my high school, the co- the question was, what college are you going to? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I always knew from an early age, that's what I was going to do. So it was just an interesting discussion about like fate, uh, your own self-drive and like where it comes from yeah. and what motivates you. Absolutely. It's really good. And I I think at the end of the day, our parents or guardians or whoever is in charge of our young upbringing have a lot of influence on our early and those continuing to later life um, choices. Mm -hmm. And then obviously as you grow and experience whatever world you are able to see, that has a big impact on you as well. So, like, Miguel, you were famously, we talked about, have talked about on the air many times, bust up mm-hmm. to uh, to your high school. So, you were always surrounded by something that you didn't have. You weren't, you would not have seen all that stuff if you hadn't been bust up there. So, that experience, your reality, shaped what you wanted to become. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because... What happens if you hadn't been right in that in that in that atmosphere? Mm-hmm. Um, I think about like, would we get there eventually? Because mm. that's where we're meant to be, right? Or would we not even know that it exists? Like, um, I don't know. Would we stumble upon it eventually? How much of life is predetermined, and how much of it is our actual choice? That's wild. I think that there is just some people. That are just curious people. And for someone like me, when I, because I, I, we got really deep into the conversation, and I'm like, what are the key points in my life that, you know, where things changed? And I think for me, because 
when I told my mom and, you know, my family when I was young, I was like, I want to be an actor. I want to be an entertainer. I want to, you know, I want to go into that world. Yes. That was so far removed from their reality that it was kind of like, okay, that's nice. Like, right. Right. how the fuck do you be on the radio? Like, that doesn't make any sense to us. Um, but I've always had a drive in me to where I would call the radio station or I would email the morning people that I listened to and like ask them questions. Yeah. Where I just feel like there are just some people that have that innate drive of like wanting to be successful, of like wanting to. And I think also media helps that as well because I was such a consumer of media back in the day of books and TV. And I was like, well, I realized that this life that I'm living now doesn't always have to be my reality. I just have absolutely zero clue how to do it. But let me like ask. Like I remember going to friends um, where my high school and middle school was and I would spend more time with their parents asking them, how did you get that night? Those two cars in this big old house. You go on trips. How do you do that? Like what? what how? So I guess being curious. Okay. Because I feel like being curious is not something that everybody has in them. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And also, I mean, I think we've talked about this before, too, is having that freedom to feel like you can ask. Because a lot of people, mm-hmm. you get, you know, and that's a big part of when you're growing up, too. And I like when Holly talks about this. It's like, you know, allowing your child to ask questions, not just shutting it down all the time, not just saying no, not just saying not right now, and like, or don't ask. It's like, no, ask. Ask away. Because I even have that. I have to talk myself up sometimes. I don't know where this comes from. But like, okay, like, just say it. Bring it up. Ask the question. Say your statement. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, wait, it's okay. And the people that do that, the people that raise their voices or allow their questions to be heard or make the statement, they get very far with it. Because a lot of the times, everyone's in the room thinking the same thing, but it's that one person that speaks up. They're getting to that next spot because they're now getting noticed. They're now mm. getting called on stage. They're now getting called to the next promotion because they're curious, even though everyone else thought the same, like, thought the same thing. But maybe past childhood trauma was like, don't ask until you're called upon. It's like, wait, yeah. no. Mm. Make your voice heard now. Like, this is your I shot. Know. Say it. Yeah. There's so many factors at play. Man, I love deep conversations like this. We've yeah. gone like five different tangents, but we ain't got the time. I know. It's just, it's super, it was a really interesting conversation we had last night after watching uh, King Richard about how much of it is influenced by your parents and what is influenced by your parents. And one of the things that I, I've said before and we met, we talked about last night, that if we ever did have kids, that I've always said I would want them to do like sports and arts you know, through elementary school and middle school, and then you get to choose sort of what path. Yeah. Because I feel like you've got to, like... You have to experience s- it. ...sample both. Yeah. I think you should, absolutely, to kind of fall into what you should and want to. And I love... And again, like, that support, I remember... It's just, it's so interesting how what you say to someone kind of dictates, like, their fate or what they're supposed to fall into. Like, that was me. When I was going to college, I didn't know when I wanted to go on radio... I just knew, like, I liked entertaining, but I didn't know that was a path I could actually make a career out of. Mm-hmm. And so I was going into physical therapy. And that's what I got supported for. Like, that's when I would I would say it, and I remember I wanted to do it because I got applauded for it. I was like, oh, very yes. nice career path. That's he, successful. That's like, what you should be in. Pavlov's dog, right? You're like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. But then everyone, parents, everyone's like, that's, that's, you're, this is you. Yes, this exactly. You Supporting and that. Even if you think maybe to the back of your mind, like, this isn't 100% me, but I'm getting like kudos But for everyone doing thinks this. That's so many students. Though. That's students going into the, the medical field and the law field, and they just think these very high prestigious careers. And 
so many of them, because I got to work with so many of them, just did it because that's what their parents told them to do. Yeah. And that was the path. And it took me a couple changes to eventually, like, even when I went into radio, I was like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I remember the conversation. I would get mad about it. I'd be like, so why don't you go into news? I'm like, well, you're missing the point. I don't like the news. I'm yeah. not going to sit there on a prompter and read it. Like, that's not me. Yeah. I'm going to be the goofy guy, like, you know entertain you on the morning like that's what gives me charge and I always thinking about that because it's like if you tell me your dream I'm like no matter what it is I'm like hell yeah do it love it but could you imagine Scott on the six o'clock news on Fox 13 like earlier tonight we had a shooting oh god no He's no like, I'm like this is Scott Tavlin with Fox 13 news no like it's just the wrong thing exactly that's I why guess- it's ugh. I remember getting mad at family members to be like Stop, stop yeah. acting like what I'm doing is not as prestigious as that because it is. Yeah. For me, that's everything. And luckily, you know yourself pretty well. For the yeah. people that don't know themselves very well or that grew up in trauma-filled houses or were told certain things about who they are, it ta- it can they can go down a path where they don't belong for a very long time. Yeah. Eventually, I think it catches up with you in some way or another. Right. Um, but it's so... That's why I, I what I wish... Because there's no handbook for parents. But what I wish <laughs> that parents knew, all parents, is that you have to encourage your kid to explore themselves and figure out what they like. Mm. Yeah. Right. And so it's okay many to try new things and fail at them. Right. And we're dealing with, like, gener- different generations. Obviously, the baby boomer generation never got asked that. They just got told to get to work. It's a work. So then when money. they had their, you know, Gen X and millennial kids, they were like, well, we just got told to go to work, but you better go to college so you can get a good job. And then we got told that, and then those people told their like it's taken a while, so we're all just discovering this together. But I, my person is an example of like he's a big guy, and his parents were like, "Well, you're gonna play football." Like he was this angelic singer, like in the church mm. choir, loved singing. They were like, "That's cute," but like, but what really you're gonna do is be this big manly man who plays football. Yeah, mm. and it was very confusing to him as a kid because he looked like that. You know mm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing too. And like, it took him a really long time to realize like he didn't really like he liked it okay and he was okay at it, but he didn't love it. Yeah, and he certainly wasn't the stereotype of what you would expect from that like stereotypical persona. But that's what his parents encouraged because they figured this is who this is. Right. Look at him. He's tall. Like, you know, so (laughs) it's just when parents don't foster an environment of options or choices or what do you like? But it's, Mm, and again, as a a parent myself, it's hard because a lot of times kids don't know what the fuck they like either. Mm. So, like, that's where I was at with Maya with, um, I put her in beach volleyball for, like, you know, a 10-week program. And she went to the first thing. She's like, I don't like it. I'm like, well, you don't know. She's like, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> now I got to be the bad guy and be like, you have to do this for 10 weeks right. because you don't, re- like, you have to give it enough of a try. And yeah, don't you got to see why you don't like it? Or you yes. don't like it because you're tired right now? You, you don't like it because you actually hate dirty? the sport? The ball hits you on the head and you feel dumb. Like, why don't you like it? Like, yeah. Right. So there's a balance. It's definitely a balance. And it can't just all be like, well, my kid's whim today is that she doesn't want to go to gymnastics. You have to, like, legit, like you said, Miguel, like, make them try multiple things and then listen when they go through it and whether they actually like it or not right. without putting your own opinions on it. Because mm-hmm. if if she told me, and we're done with volleyball, but if she we went through it, I saw her put the effort in, and then at the end, um, she was like, I really don't like it. But let's say that I was, like, a beach volleyball player, and I was like, 
Mm. It's well, really disappointing. Yeah. Right. But if you're not up for it, like, you know, yeah, that, that sort little of turn, yeah. manipulative. Mm-hmm. God, it's so tricky how you shape other people. It's so tricky. Mm. And I think, too, just to add to the conversation before we wrap up, is that there's also something to be said for parents that have like the access and the resources to explore these things. Yes. Absolutely. Because oh my God. there's also, you know, like there was like one other little gleaning moment where I wanted to do sports because I saw them play lacrosse on American Pie when I was in middle school. <laughs> oh, yeah. And when I got to high school, I was like, I want to be on the lacrosse team. And they were like, it's a thousand dollars. And my They're mom like, said, well, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, also, if you have the means right. to do that. And I come from a single parent home where my mom didn't have the patience and she wasn't in a space in her own life. Yeah. To like sit down with like 10 year old Miguel to be like, so what right. are you interested in? Well, what that, do you want? And that's the thing. So in that case, you don't get that. Right. Right. You don't you don't have access to that. Right. So then how else does your reality get shaped? Absolutely. I think, you know, not to put more on educators and stuff in school, but I feel like there's something to be said for how education and I am also coming from a place of ignorance, not an educator. Uh, but just I have friends that have worked and that are in education. And mm-hmm. I've heard sort of what they've said is that one of my friends, it's a college professor that have said that they've tried to re do how they teach so instead of doing like here's a lecture memorize what i say read the book test Take on a it test. Yep. they try to create um activities and try to foster new thought yes yes and, and, and uh get you to really think about it we memorize, learn differently think about it you know and so and that <laughs> takes a lot of work and time of like how do we do something in school to help you understand what it is in the different routes that you could go, you know? Yes, that's so helpful. That would be helpful. But, like, once but again, teachers barely make enough to, you know, know. They're pay out here for themselves. buying their own damn pencils. Like, right. how are they supposed to come up so with all that like, shit? they're like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Like, sit down, like, what? But, I mean, I think these are questions as our society continues to progress that we've got to ask ourselves, you know? Like, do we want to just keep producing kids that memorize stuff or do we want them to truly have an understanding of what it is to be a contributing member of society that's truly also fulfilling your own purpose. Let me hit you with one little final thought, though. Mm. What does the government, and I don't mean like Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, I mean like the overarching government and the bigger powers that work in our country, do they actually want that? Do they want a country full of independent, capable, free thinkers that could turn the system over? Because this education system is broken. Well, that's right. the weirdest thing right now when I think about where money gets spent yeah. and put into. And then you see, like, again, and you have tons of teachers that are getting paid nothing. Yeah. But then we have plenty of other programs that are plenty well-funded. Yeah. Why? Right. So mm-hmm. does do the, like, we, the people, want that. Because I think that's what's important here in the conversation is to be, is to get the kids started with learning who they are and yeah. encouraging that growth teachers at home like uh, does the mentors want people smart <laughs> overturn mm-hmm. well yeah. that's i always joke with my girlfriend all the time and i don't know when we're going to wrap this up but it's like really and this is when we always had that phrase power of the people the people do have the power it's just we right. if we all came like, together on a, a right. single thought of like we're we want this and if we don't get it well sorry about you yeah. we're going to get it anyway like literally it's millions against 
Maybe a couple thousand. Yeah. And it's like we contain the power. It's we same do. with the big businesses and stuff like that. Like we get so mad that these single people have so much money. We buy their products. We make the decisions. Yeah. As a mass. But how do we get together and mm-hmm. unite? <sighs> I mean, we have the technology now to finally do those sort of things. Social media does give access but to at least a lot of thought. It's only divided us. Exactly. It, yes. And yes. we live in our own little silos. Right. We've allowed it to divide us and mm-hmm. the powers that be over that whole entity. And they control that too. Oh God! They purposely pipe in information mm-hmm. that keeps us separate. Yeah, right. that hateful messaging stuff that gets you all fired up against another side. You're like, of course well, you want to join their side. I hate people, so right. not going to talk to them. Mm-hmm. I Oof. mean, that's because it ends up. I mean, at the end of the day, what does it come down to? Power and money. Yes. And yeah. the people that are up top, and there are no names coming out of my mouth because I'm just here in Tampa, it's Florida, all you know. throughout. So I'm just saying that, like, there are people that want to continue to profit off of division because that makes them millionaires and they get to live in their nice fortresses and on their private jets and fly from place to place and have influence and power and money we're still living poorly and you know getting less money from work paying more taxes uh everything is going up no health care, but we're <laughs> so like thinking we're doing something because we're writing on a comment on the Fox 13 Facebook page. Yeah, it's a joke, actually. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The joke's on us. It is. It but truly is. here is some hope. Oh, there's plenty. Here is some hope. Always. I do feel like as, you know, because Holly, you, and like the past year, the first millennials have started to turn 40. Yeah. And so we're now finally getting into the point, into this area of life where we are comfortable running for office, Mm -hmm. that we're comfortable leading companies and coming up with new ideas. So I do feel like in the next 10 to 15 years, we will see a change of thought. I hope so. Because once you see people in leadership positions, you know, that are running for mayor, running for governor, running for state or city council, and then one day president, we will see a change of thought and change of thought of how we do things because now that we're getting to the age to where we're like, all right, I got a 401k. I've been in the working world for about 15 years now, and it, it's been really crappy for millennials <laughs> this whole time. It's been a shit show. It's been insane. And so we're like, this needs to change because all these other generations above us they obviously didn't have it easy, but the access was a lot better for them. Yeah. And for us, the, the the cost of entry to just be a productive member of society and to be part of the middle class, it's so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to somebody that lives in our area that wants to buy a house right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Like, it's insane. So, like, if you're coming out of college and you're like, ooh, I make... $80,000 a year at Edward Jones. Well, good luck trying to buy a house right now. But then the people that are our age that are running for office, we've got to start to do something about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is hope. There is always hope. Merry Christmas. Hey, happy holidays. Thank <laughs> you. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Um, so here's what's happening for our last podcast of the year. We've got two interviews, I believe, that we're doing. Um, but sandwich in between the two of them, I want all of us to come with our New Year's resolutions. Ooh, all right? Oh, man. So I'm not going to just spring it on you. I want you to think about it. Okay. So for our last podcast on Friday, 
Um, I want us to, between those two interviews, I want us to talk and reflect on the year and what we want to happen in 2022. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Scott, what's your social media? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. Holly? Radio Holly on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And mine, Platypus Posse, is Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R, on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, Mm -hmm. and Twitter. Make sure to say hi to me, and we love if you would leave us a five-star rating anywhere you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Everywhere, Amazon, wherever you listen to us, please leave us a review. Rock. The Rock, the Moon, Mars, Jupiter, whatever. Amun. Thank you. The Amun. We will see you next time.